We're in a series entitled Blueprint, God's Design for the Church. So we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you'll go ahead and turn there or flip there or poke there, whatever you do uh, on your device or in your Bible. We're going to be talking about something today that, that I think a lot of people at one point or another have trouble with. Authority. Anybody have trouble with authority? Anybody? Yeah. I don't. If I'm the authority, I like rules when I get to make up the rules. Um, God didn't think that was so funny. <laughs> Paul, as he, as he makes a little bit of a shift, this is a, a bit of a transition from what he was just talking about. He was talking about the elders again, and, and, and he's making a little bit of a shift before he gets into uh, uh, addressing false teachers. The Apostle Paul talks about slaves and masters, and, and I know some of you are like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with us these days. We don't have slaves and masters anymore, and then some of the married guys are going, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, no. Slaves and masters, in, in our world, really what we're talking about, the, the, the issue, the real issue here is authority. How do we work? How do we live? How do we deal with authority? How do we handle the authorities? Uh, that, that we have, and, and, and so really, oh, that's so funny, I looked over there to see what's on the screen, <laughs> it's not there anymore, <laughs> so, so really the, the real issue for us is authority, and, and, and this may be good news for you, or it may be bad news for you, but everyone is under someone's authority, do you believe that? Everyone is under someone's authority. I, I love, uh, I, I haven't had a chance to this year, but normally with the ninth graders in the high school, I get to talk about wise choices. And, and, and I get to, I tell them this, and then I, I let them, I say, you guys give me feedback. Who might not be under someone's authority? And so they start like throwing stuff out there, and, and it, it gets kind of weird sometimes, uh, you know, when they do that. The, the closest, and, and of course they all say, you know, everyone is under God's authority, and, and that is true. But here on this earth, we're all under someone's authority. The closest that, that I think we found to someone here on the, this planet that's not under someone's authority is the dude that lives all alone on an island. And what fun is that, right? <laughs> Everyone is under someone's authority. So the, the sooner we learn to live under authority, then the better off we're going to be. So let me just read the verse to you. This is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Some of you are going, wow, two verses, yes, we'll beat the Methodist. That's all right, I'm sure they're saying the same thing about us. Chapter 6, verse 1. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers, rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. So what we're talking about here is, is how do we live under authority? How do we deal with the authorities that we have? And we all have someone who is an authority over us. We might not like it. They may not be good authorities. Uh, in masters and slaves, we usually think of bosses kinds of things, but we even have other authorities besides those. They, they may not be good at what they do. They may not be kind and compassionate at what they do. But we all have people who are authorities over us. Paul addresses really kind of the two realms that, that we would live in. The first one is unbelieving masters. 
Let me ask you, don't blurt out any names because it's a small community and we may know the person. Um, have you ever had a bad boss? Anybody? Yeah? Some of you even afraid to raise your hand, you know? Um, nobody on staff here raise your hand, I'm saying. <laughs> we, we all, we, we've all been there. And, and I remember as a teenager, I met the Lord at 15, and I remember as a teenager, I'm reading all this stuff in Scripture, and, and it's... You know, it's talking about honor your mother and your father and, and the whole deal about respecting authority. And, and man, I tell you, my mantra was, my, but my dad's not a believer. My dad's not a believer. And, and, and man, I beat my head against that wall for a year. And then I finally found something out. God doesn't, well, he does care, but it makes no difference in this principle whether the person is a believer or an unbeliever. So Paul addresses first the unbelieving masters. And here's what he says. This is really interesting. Paul says, for us to to regard our own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. That the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. We don't live unto ourselves. You realize that, right? Uh, we like to think we do. We like to think when we sin, it only affects us. We like to think that, that our, our little sphere is only us. In, in fact, we live in a world that encourages that. We live in a world that says, listen, you, you just need to take care of you. As if that we can isolate ourselves and, and we can just take care of us and, and everything can be about us. It's not that way. We are connected. That's the way that God has designed us in, in these human relationships. And one thing that we need to realize is the way that you handle authority, particularly in in this case we're talking about unbelieving masters or unbelieving if the person above us is is not a, a believer, the way you handle authority can either validate or invalidate your testimony. And you're going, whoa, hang on, hang on. What I do at work doesn't affect my, my testimony. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, what, what I, what I, the way that I handle myself out there when, when someone is an authority, that, they're not even a Christian. That doesn't have, that doesn't have anything to do w- with my testimony. It does. The way that we deal with authority, particularly when that authority is not a believer, the way that we handle that, the way that we deal with that, directly affects our testimony. It'll either validate it, they'll either say, that guy or that lady is a real deal. Or it'll invalidate it, and they'll say, look, another one of those hypocrites. They, they talk the good talk, they go to church, they say they're a Christian, they do all that, but do you see the way that they treat the person? They don't, we don't use the word authority a whole lot in this world, but do you see how they treat their boss? Did you see the way they treated that, that police officer? Do you see, see the way that they treat the teachers at the school? You see the way they treat the principals? You see the way they treat the person at the cash register at Alsips? Did you see the way they treated me whenever I took their parking place? <laughs> the way that we handle authority will either validate or invalidate our testimony. That's what Paul's talking about here when he says, so that the name of God and, and the teaching, that is the things that we say, 
You know, Jesus told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to go and to teach them to observe all that he's commanded us. So that the, the, the name of God and the teaching wouldn't be reviled, it wouldn't be slandered, that our testimony wouldn't be invalidated. All that hinges on the way that we handle the authority that, that's over us, particularly unbelieving authority. Some of you may say, well, okay, okay, I get that. I, I understand that, that the way that, that I handle someone who's, who's not a believer, that's going to affect the way that they see God. That's going to that's affect the way that they re, would receive um, anything that, that I would teach them or, or give them in, in the way of discipleship or evangelism. But my boss, he's a believer. He knows. I mean, he understands. We're on equal ground, you see, because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, right? There's no distinction. Isn't that what Paul says? No, no slave, no, no free, no barbarian. Some of us are. But um, that, that, there, that there's no distinction anymore that once we're in Christ, really that, that, that it's, it's level ground authority-wise. Not so. Not so. Here's what Paul says about believing masters or someone who's in authority over you, who's a brother or a sister in Christ. Paul said, those of you, and, and I love this. God is so cool, um, not just because of this. He's cool because of a lot of reasons. But I, I love because it's like God says, all right, Larry, I know where you're going to go with this. I know, you're, I know you're heading this way. Paul says, those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. He's like, look, you, you guys who have, have brothers, and this time it wouldn't have been sisters in authority over, but you guys who, who have a believer in authority over you, don't think, don't think that gives you a pass. Rather, and Jesus did this with a lot of things. You guys, when Jesus... I, I love the way he did this. He would hit like one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. We're like, woo, I can take this Sunday off. Message isn't about me. Jesus said, you've heard that it said that you, you shall not kill. But I tell you that if you have hate for another person in your heart, you've committed murder already. Dang it. <laughs> Paul does that here. Paul says, don't, don't think that you guys have a past because you have someone who's a believer in authority over you. Rather... They must serve all the better. <laughs> well, said, if you've got a believer in authority over you, you ought to serve even more. Because those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Listen, do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you orient your sanctuary. Is that what he said? They'll know that you're my disciples by how often you attend worship service. No. They'll know that you're my disciples if you come to the 6 o'clock men's Bible study at Dave's. That was a plug. Um, that's a.m., by the way, 6 a.m. He said, they'll know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. So we don't get a pass just because the person who's in authority over us is a believer. In fact... We ought to work all the harder because we need to make the shift from me to us. We need to make the shift from this church to kingdom. And we need to be thinking this, I, I'm working for a brother or a sister in Christ. How much more should I work to build up the body of Christ? 
How much more? And Jesus said that by the way we treat one another in the body of Christ, that that is a testimony for those around. That they'll say, man, those guys, that guy or that, that gal, guys is generic for me, but I always feel like I need to qualify that. That person is a follower of Jesus. Look how they treat the one in authority over them. We need to do it for the benefit of other believers. That it benefits, what benefits others benefit us in the body. You ever, you ever smashed a finger? You ever done that? Yesterday, I, I, I thought I jammed my, my finger, but it's crooked and swollen, so I'm not sure. <laughs> One part of the body of Christ affects all the others. We need to work in such a way that we build up the body of Christ. Knowing that when we do that, that that just furthers the gospel. We treat others who are in authority over us who aren't believers with honor and respect. We treat one another with, with honor and respect and, and then even work to serve more. How much does that help further the gospel of Christ? It comes down to this, and, and sometimes I, I think at one point or another we're all going to struggle with this, how we handle man's authority in our life is an indicator of how you handle God's authority in your life. How you handle man's authority in your life is an indicator on how you handle God's authority in your life. You ever think about it that way? I know we like to kind of separate the two, don't we? We like, no, 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 no. The way that I treat that law enforcement officer has nothing to do with the way that I treat God in authority. It's an indicator. If you struggle with the authority here, I promise you, whether you realize it or not, you're going to struggle with God's authority in your life. And we live in such an individualistic society. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, we get to work with, uh, I don't hear from teens, but still get to work with kids. You ever had a kid say, you're not the boss of me? And, and, and when a kid tells that to you, I know your immediate thought is, yeah, they're that way to me. But I bet you that they honor their mother and their father. They have trouble with my authority over them here at Kids Club, but I bet you when they go home, they totally honor their mother and their father. You don't think that, do you? I guarantee you the teachers at school, when there's a kid that, that the teacher that the teacher exerts their authority, you, you can't be doing, oh, I'm going to tell my mama. You can't tell me what to do. How you handle man's authority in your life is an in indicator on how you handle God's authority in your life. How do you fix that? How do you take care of that when, whenever, whenever you find yourself bristling against authority on the earth? We all do it, unless I'm just projecting me onto you, but I, I think there are times where we're all...
And I, you're not going to tell me what to do. Sometime I want to say it just for fun to another adult. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> what do we do when we find ourselves pushing up against that? Well, I think we need to ask ourselves this question. When I find myself pushing back against the authority in this world, I need to ask myself, Larry, are you submitted to God's authority right now? Where are you with God? Jesus, we've all heard this, but it just blows my mind. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, now mind you, this is Creator God. I, I don't want to blow your minds too much. God the Son is Creator God. I'm not making this up. John 1.1 1, 1 says that everything that was created was created through Him. Nothing that was created was created without Him. Colossians reiterates this, that everything was created by Him, through Him, and for Him. So this is Creator God, God the Son, talking to God the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, yet, not my will, but yours. And then he's arrested, put before Pilate. And you remember the, the, the scene, I, we have to read in, I guess, a lot of what was happening with Pilate, what was going on with him. But, but Pilate, Pilate had him scourged, and, and I think Pilate was probably thinking, man, if I beat him enough, that's enough for the Jews, and they'll just let this go. So he beat him, put him back in front of the crowd, and the crowd was like, we don't want him, you crucify him. And he comes back and... And he looks at Jesus and says, don't you hear what they're saying? He asked him a simple question, where, where do you come from? And Jesus didn't answer. And Pilate goes, don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I am the one who has the power to set you free or to crucify you? And Jesus said, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> Jesus, having been beaten by this guy, at his command, says to him, let me explain to you how this works. You wouldn't have any authority over me unless it was given to you by my father. Whenever we bristle against authority, and let me tell you, we would have had trouble not bristling against Pilate's authority. Jesus, if he were if he were in the flesh, would have said, no, no, let me explain to you who I am. And probably at the I am, Pilate would have been blown over, just like the temple guards. Whenever we find ourselves bristling against authority, we need to ask ourselves, am I submitting to God's authority? Am I, am I in submission to God? Because if we are, then we need to realize there's no one who has authority over us that God hasn't allowed it to be. Man, this was a hard lesson for me as a 15-year-old, 15-and-a-half-year-old boy. God got a hold of me and God said, Larry, 
I put your father in authority over you. Submit to his authority. I said, God, he's not a Christian. God said, Larry, I put your father in authority over you. Submit to his authority. And I did. Not for my dad. I hadn't gotten there yet. But for my relationship with God. And it didn't happen right away. I wished I could say to the teenagers, man, if you submit to your parents' authority, whoa, everything changes the next day. It didn't, but it happened over time. God restored my relationship with my dad. So let me challenge you this morning. In your heart of hearts, as we enter a time of invitation and response, would you ask yourself, am I in submission to God's authority? And, and I know most of us are going to answer that right away, but, but let's look at the indicators. Is there someone in my life that I'm having, they're in authority over me and I'm having trouble submitting to that authority? Is there some authority that I'm bristling up against? Now listen, I know, because we've all been there, you sometimes are smarter than your boss. Some of you are going, I'm retired. Men, you know you still have a boss, right? <laughs> We're always, everyone's under someone's authority. Is there someone in authority over you that you're bristling against that authority? Because that's an indicator. That's an indicator that you're not submitting to God's authority. Why is it so hard for us to submit to authority? Because submitting to authority involves a level of trust. I'm not going to submit to your authority because I don't trust you. I'm not saying that as me to you. I'm just saying that as a generic example. I realized as I looked at someone, they thought, ooh. We might be saying to someone, I'm not going to submit. That, that was my problem with my dad. He's not a believer. He's not a Christian. I'm not going to submit to his authority because I don't, I don't trust him. A quick story, I wanted to go to church. My dad wanted me to stay home and work at the store. He owned a grocery store. And that was our big point of conflict. That makes me sound all holy and pious, isn't it? Except I was in rebellion the whole time. And so I came back from that conference where God got a hold of me about submitting to my dad's authority. And I, I said, Dad, can I go to church today? He said, son, you're going to do whatever you want to do. And I said, well, I want to do what you want me to do. And we would all think that my dad would have said, son, that's just what I've been waiting to hear. You go ahead and go to church. My dad said, okay, I want you to work in the store. For three months, I didn't go to church. I gave up asking. That was three of the darkest months of my life as a believer. Now, mind you, my mom died when I was 16. My dad died when I was 18, so there's a, a little bit of background. But those three months where I didn't go to church was three of the darkest months. What, what did I have to do in there? Because I couldn't trust my dad because he's telling me, no, you can't go to church. Submitting means trust. And when we submit to God, we have to say, God, I, I trust you. I trust you. 
that a whole three months, I was saying, God, you told me to submit to my dad's authority, and I trust you, so I am. I don't like it, and I don't understand, but I am submitting. So let me ask you today. Is there something that's keeping you from trusting God? Is there, is there something in your relationship with God or, or, or maybe an area that, that you're afraid? God, if I turn that over to you, I don't know what you're going to ask me to do. Maybe it's a relationship and, and, and you're saying, God, if, if I turn that relationship over to you, uh, teenagers, I have a lot of fun with this. Um, ask God if he wants you to date that person. And I can see it in their eyes. They're going, uh-uh, because he might say no. What, is that, what does that say? It says that they're having trouble trusting God there. Maybe it's something to do with your finances. Um, I, don't, I don't think, I'm going to hold on to this, God. Um, here, you can have that right there. But I'm going to hold on to this. Whenever we do that, it's because we're having trouble trusting him. Maybe it's something that you feel like God may be calling you to do. Or maybe you're afraid to say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Because you're afraid of what he might want you to do. Do you know how you, you, know how you trust God more? Nobody pulled out a pencil. I'm going to tell you anyway. Trust him with what you got. I've said it a lot to you guys, but it's one of my favorite uh, little blurbs in the Bible, the guy that goes to Jesus and says, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. What is he saying? He's saying, God, man, this is, this is all I got, and I trust you with this. Can you help me trust you more than that? Is there something today that, that, that's keeping you from trusting God? Here's, here's what I would encourage you to do. Say, God, with all that I've got, I trust you. And, and Lord, it's not much. God, I trust you with what I've got. Would you help me trust you more? And here's what you'll find. You'll find that God is faithful. You'll find that God is consistent. You'll find that God is loving. And he's kind. And he's compassionate. And he's holy. And he's just. And he's righteous. All the time. You don't have to guess with God. When you trust him with that, you'll find out that you can trust him. God will increase your faith, your trust in him. Let's pray. Father, I I just pray this morning that you would just speak to our hearts. I I can imagine that, that for most all of us, whenever we're asked the question, do you trust God, we would immediately say yes. Lord, I suspect if we begin to search the areas of our heart and lives that we would realize there are some areas that we just really haven't turned over to you yet. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. I ask that that you would find those areas that we haven't trusted you with yet and that you would convict us, that you would draw us to you. And Lord, we, we, we cry out to you just like the, the man did with Jesus. I, I believe, God, 
Would you help me in my unbelief? Or teach us how to trust you more. Help us to turn loose of some things that we've been hanging on to. God, I pray that you would draw us to you, that you would produce the change in our hearts that only you can. God, we would learn to be fully submitted to your authority. And then, Father, as we live out our lives in this world and the authorities that you've put us under, that, God, the way that we handle authority here on this earth would be a reflection of the way that we are submitted to your authority. And that, God, it would be a testimony of your love and your faithfulness to us. It would be a testimony uh, to, to our unbelieving bosses, those in authority over us who aren't believers. It'd be a testimony of, God, what we're saying about you is true. And the gospel that we share with them, the good news about Jesus, has validity. And Lord, the way that we treat one another would be a testimony to those around of the change that you produce in our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.